Hi, this is Rookie Designer with episode number 129, Google Plus, and we'll take a look inside the Rookie Mailbag. Hi, welcome to episode 129 of Rookie Designer. My name is Jake Van Ness, and I'm here with my co-host, Kitty Florido. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Google Plus, and we're also going to answer a mailbag question. So right now, there's a lot of buzz on the internet about Google Plus. Kitty, what can you tell us about it? Um, first, I don't know if you guys saw that I did a post about Google Plus, but basically, it's Google's attempt to do a social network binding together every service that they offer. Um, you remember Buzz? Not everybody really does, but um, Google Buzz was their own version of Twitter. So this puts, it like, graphs together Google Buzz, your friends, Gtalk, Picasa. I, I never personally used Buzz. One, I think part of it was the fact that I, I don't use the Gmail interface. I have a Gmail account, but I don't use the web interface. And that seemed to be where Buzz was kind of tied in. I think the good thing with Google Plus is it's completely separate. Even though it ties in all these other things that Google offers, I think it's good that it's kind of a standalone thing. It's not tied into your email, so you have to go to your email to, to see it. I think it's a good attempt. I think there's going to be a lot of buzz about it. I think it'll even itself out after a while, and it'll be very similar to Facebook. Yeah. One of the things that seems to be thing that everybody's talking about is circles. And it's funny, because we were just talking before we started recording that circles really isn't that new of an idea. No, and the thing is that Jake started asking me about, like, if we could do certain things on Facebook, too. And I said, well, yeah, this is nothing new in the industry, because Facebook has lists. And you can choose, for example, let me just open here... Facebook so I can visually tell you. Um, if you look on the upper right corner on, of your feed, you can choose if you want to look at your top news or your most recent news. But you can choose under most recent, you can choose status updates, photos, links, pages, or you can choose one of your lists from your friends. And the other thing is that if you want to post something, you can look at the little log that is next to the share button and you can customize it with either make this visible to friends of friends, friends only, specific people or only me. Underneath specific people, if you start typing the name of either a contact or a friends or, or the name of a list, that's the only thing that you'll be sharing everything with. Um, and you can also have a little sticky thing that it says, um, make this my default setting. So it is doable. I think it'd be a good idea if we do a uh, post on that because I think the big problem is the fact that people don't really understand how that works on Facebook. Yeah. I think Google did a really good job with making the interface really attractive for making circles and I think they did a great job of advertising it as this big feature and because people don't really understand how Facebook works they see it as this bright new thing that everybody didn't have before when in fact we did we just didn't understand how to get to it and Facebook didn't push it as much as Google is now I have to say it is nice it is easy to use I found it easier to organize in Google Plus but then again I didn't really understand Facebook that well to know how to do it it's really interesting how you drag somebody into a circle it makes it easy to see everybody that's in the circle and I think visually 
it's a lot better. And as a designer, I kind of appreciate that. Do you know that they hired somebody that worked from Apple at some point to do the graphic interface? So no, no wonder it's so easy and intuitive. But the thing is, all around, you have to think that Google Plus is getting into this game of the social network when Facebook started some like something pretty much revolutionary compared to MySpace and High Five, if you remember those... Um, well, MySpace is something that it just generated a little bus a little bit ago, but but High Five that that was a very 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 old social network. That's funny. I never even heard of that. Yeah, it was really big down here. Um, the thing is that Facebook came to the arena as a changer. They changed the way things looked. They changed the way things were shared, and they they also started as a invite only social network. Now, Google Plus did the same thing, and the fact that they already have a gazillion, I don't know how many, um, <laughs> accounts on in between Gmail and Reader and Picasa, of course they're going to hit 10 million users the first week. And I think, too, it's, it's new. Everybody loves the new thing. And I think the fact that they did limit how many people could get in kind of made it even more attractive. Because it's like the little kid that you say, no, you can't have that, and then that's all they think yeah. about. It's the same thing. They said, no, not everybody can get in at once. So people started going, well, why not? What's so good about it? And started asking questions, and it created its own buzz. One of the cool things that I think Google definitely got right with this is the idea of Hangout. Yeah. Hangout is the video chat system that they have on there. And I, and I actually wrote a post on that compared to Skype's, or sorry, Facebook's Skype function. And I think Google got it right on this. I think the fact that you can start a Hangout and you can have up to 10 people in that Hangout all video chatting at once is awesome. It, it makes social networking totally different than before because now you're not just writing and sending messages. You're now talking live with people that you may not necessarily meet any other time. But that's, that's why I like both of them. I like Google Plus because it's a much more social and public, if you want to look at it, um, network or Facebook, it's going to be my friends, my family. It's going to be a much closed group than on Google Plus. I have to say that there are some people that I, that have added me on Google Plus that I have no idea who they are. And the fact that on Facebook you can say hi, it's me. We met at this and this and this. You can you please add me or can we can you add me or like the same thing on invitations on LinkedIn. Here on Google Plus, it's just add, and I think it's a little. Not private. <laughs> Unprivate. But don't you think that's the same way Twitter is? And don't you think that that's where Google got that idea from? Because one of their circles is known as following. Yeah. So somebody can follow you, or or if they think you're their friend or whatever, they can put you in the friend circle. But what I've found is I follow people that I may not necessarily have ever talked to before online or, or met in person, but I follow them the same way I would follow somebody on Twitter. Yeah. Now, just jumping back to, to Hangout, I, I agree with you. The Skype function on Facebook definitely is a better video system. It's clearer. It's 
just the interface is a little bit nicer. And like you said, it's more private. It's a one-on-one -on -one yeah. thing. Whereas with Hangout, it is more public. But you can limit that down to a certain number of people in a circle. I actually had the opportunity to do one with uh, Bon Glitchka that he's actually started that will he's hoping to happen every Friday. And that was public. So I got in. And it was an interesting experience because I knew Bon. From, I met him at Max several years ago. And I know him from his podcast. And then Dickie Adams was in there from the same podcast, Freelance Radio. There were a bunch of other people that I had never met. But now that I've done a hangout with them, there's more conversations going on on my wall from some of those people. They've looked at pictures I've posted. They've looked at this podcast and the, the website involved with this podcast. So it is a good way to connect with more people. But I agree with you. Facebook is, is definitely more private. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I like Google Plus, but I still, I would check Facebook more often. Yeah, I think the one issue I'm having is trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. And I think the fact that Google's the new thing, people have kind of shifted their direction towards that. So there's a lot of stuff that's on there. But we're also getting a lot of double posting, which I, I do myself. I'm posting something on Facebook and I'm posting something on Google+. And it, it's one of those things, is, is that really necessary? Probably not. It, it's, it's tough. It's tough to figure out how you juggle all this stuff that's going on. Um, and one other thing that I really don't like about Google Plus is that you can actually post animated GIFs. Because for me, that is turning into the next MySpace High Five or whatever old network. And that's one thing I love about Facebook, that you don't get those crazy animations instead of the videos versus the videos where you choose to play it. So that, that for me is like a big no-no. But one of the things that I do like besides the uh, the Hangouts, is Sparks. Sparks is... I don't know if many people have noticed that. Have you noticed Sparks? I, I saw it. I clicked on it. You don't know what it is. As with a lot of stuff with Google+, I'm kind of like, I don't get it, and I'm waiting for somebody to tell me I'm how to do it. I'm going to do it, do it so for you. Go ahead. <laughs> so the thing is that Sparks is pretty much like you would do something... I don't know, like in Twitter, you would look at trends. For example, you can search for the hashtag, I don't know, designer, and you'll get everything that contains the word designer. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. Sparks is stuff you like. So for example, I have food, foodies, photography, graphic design, and recipe. So if I go to foodies, I get articles that have the word foodies on it. If I go to photography that I have and it's automatically added as people all over I'm guessing all over the world like something or plus one I mean it would be plus one here something so is that where the sparks coming from is it's finding the plus ones I think so and one of the things that are interesting that I figured finally figured out how on the rookie designer site you can add stuff to Google plus is when you add it to your reader Google Reader. So if somebody adds okay. that to Google Reader, it will go automatically to Google+. Honestly, I I want to figure out if the uh, plugin that we're using for rookadesigner.com is still the right one. So I'm still waiting for a, a few updates <laughs> to see if they add um, the, the uh, Google+, Plus button, because I actually found one, a very, very, very cool plugin that, that has Facebook-like Facebook share, which is different than Google Plus and Twitter. Now, don't you think Google Plus, and yeah, they're coming into the game late, or at least they're 
were trying to get into the game because they tried and it kind of fell flat on its face with Buzz. But don't you think that it's interesting that they're taking the ideas from Facebook as far as wall, friends, stuff like that, but then they're also taking the ideas from Twitter. But at this point, like everything takes ideas from from everybody. I can't remember which one was the uh, original social network, but the one that said the standards high was Facebook. And then LinkedIn was following closely and it's now they're doing a lot of um, updates. I can even say this like every other week. I see something new on LinkedIn. So it's they're trying to do something good or something better. LinkedIn is definitely different compared to Facebook and Google Plus, and we'll definitely have to cover that on another episode as to what the benefits are with LinkedIn as opposed to the other social networks that are out there. Because I think LinkedIn's definitely got it. It's things that are really good and helpful. So we'll cover that. But all around, like I was saying, I think that Facebook did set the standards high, but at the same time, there's nothing owned by anyone. Because you still have friends as a pe- as an individual. You have friends. You have people that you just know. You have colleagues. You have really, really close friends. That's your gang. And then like, you have family, extended family. So it's, so it's something very organic that you can't say they are stealing this from this social network or they're stealing it from that or they're getting some ideas or inspiration from somebody else. So I, I just think that it's, it's going to be an interesting year on the social media arena. I, I think so too. I think Google Plus has definitely brought something interesting to the table. I think that we all know Google cares about one thing, and that's search. They want your information. They want what you're talking about. And what better way to do that than to give you a system where you can talk. They're using all this information to make their searching better, make their advertising better. All of this stuff is obviously being harnessed to benefit their business. That's It's a business. I think it's going to be interesting to see what changes they put in place after what people have talked about and, and what people want to see. And how they are going to get the ads into the equation. Oh yeah. Because right now, like right now there's no ads as there was as they were no ads on Facebook. And personally the ads are non invasive on Facebook, which is why I like it. They don't have huge banners, they don't have they just have like a little tiny ad with a little picture and that's it. I mean that's most of their business comes from is from that. So just like you said, Facebook brought that in. Twitter has now brought that in. Yeah. We're gonna see Google Plus do the same thing. What do you think are some of the benefits to our listeners? Like, how, how would Google Plus benefit a rookie designer? Um, I think that they could take a lot of ideas. Instead of subscribing to feeds, they can do, like, Sparks searches, and they save them. So they can do something very cool with that. And at the same time, they, they would have everything, I don't know, like art. They can do, like, specific uh, searches for Sparks. For example, art, graphic design, web design, inspiration, photography, creativity. And they can follow a flow of information without having to search or write in eight searches every time they log in. Yeah, that is interesting. I think also uh, one of the things I really liked about Google was the interface for images. Because I don't want to say photos because it doesn't have to be a photo. And I think it could be very beneficial to a designer as a portfolio area. Not necessarily the only thing they use, but it could be a really cool way for them to display their stuff. I think the interface for photos or images is a lot better on Google+. I've enjoyed using it a lot more. I think what's really cool is 
if you have a group of people in a circle and you click on photos for that circle, it gives you kind of a neat layout of what everybody's got for photos. And, it, and that changes as people put stuff up. And that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and and the thing is that you would have that same thing on Facebook, but you you would see like the cover of each album, and that's the thing that people don't realize that a lot of things Facebook already did, but Google took them and made them better. Yeah, and and I think people are saying Google did it first, and we we all know that that's not the case. I, I think the first thing that I've seen that is that is Hangout. I think they did a really good job with that, but that's one of how many features they've got on there. Um, and that's the other thing. Hangout could be a really good thing for rookie designers as well. I mean, I got in there to the Hangout that I was in. We didn't really talk too much about design, but one individual actually talked about a presentation she's about to give. And I, I honestly, I apologize. I can't remember who it was, but it was interesting that one of the other guys knew she was working on this and said, hey, you know, I heard you were working on this project. And it was very fluid. And it wasn't like they were plugging something. And and she was almost embarrassed, at, not embarrassed, but like a little shy to talk about it. Yeah. But it was a great way for her to promote something that she was working on. And I think the Hangouts are a great way to get feedback, to, to just talk with other people that are in your industry that are dealing with the same things you are. And we had hoped that it was going to be design rants on Friday when Bond started the Hangout, but it didn't really turn out to be that. But it's a good way to feel like you belong to a group of people. Even though as a designer you may be a little bit isolated working at home or working in a cubicle, it's a great way to feel like you're not isolated anymore. Yeah. I mean, after I got out of there on Friday, it felt really cool. I mean, it felt like I hung out with a bunch of people at a restaurant or at a bar and had a drink with them. It was fun. And one of the things that we want to do with Rookie is that we do want to try that. Um, we still need to figure out how we're going to do it. We need to schedule it because Jake is in New York, I'm in Guate, so it's a little bit tricky with the... Uh, time schedule but there's something that we definitely want to do a hangout with our listeners yeah because i think it's a great way for them to feel like they can connect with us a little bit better and and not just hear our voices on a podcast or read what we've written they can actually have a conversation exactly i i definitely want to do that um i think it's important that as designers whether you're in web design or whether you're in print design designers as a whole need to be well aware of these things there's always the people that are like that are anti-google or anti-facebook and even if you don't join google plus i think it's important that you know it's there you know what it's about because your customers could be asking you about it they could be asking how they could use it and it could be something that you could promote as part of your services we don't know how much ability you're going to have to be able to customize things and stuff like that. Right now, there aren't business pages. There's just profiles. That's something that it sounds like they're going to come out with. And if that's the case, I think as a designer, it's important that you understand how it works. For example, I applied for like a business page and well, because it, they're, they're still in a very, 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 very close beta, <laughs> not like this beta um, that we uh, actually have. But um, but yeah, it's something that definitely need to get involved with, because if you don't, you're just losing exposure. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, too. It's, it's another place you can brand yourself to talk about your business, to show people what you can do. It's another possibility. It's another area that you could possibly get more business yeah it's another community and being involved from the get-go kind of makes you look like a cutting-edge designer and that's important in the environment that we all live in i mean things are changing so fast that it's almost impossible to keep up in some ways but what you can keep up with is going to make a difference so i like google plus i think it's going to be 
interesting to see how long the buzz goes on and see if it kind of evens out and things are even with Facebook. But I think it's a, it's got some interesting interface differences that make things a little bit easier. Yeah. I know you're more of, you're still more of a fan of Facebook, and you know what? That that's pretty much how it goes. I mean, I I've talked to people that are like totally gun ho about Google Plus and have left Facebook, which I can't believe. And I've talked to people that are just like, what do I need something else to distract me with? So it's, it is very much uh, like it or dislike it. It's interesting how people are like that. Okay, moving on from Google+, Plus, we're going to actually take some questions from an um, email that we actually got from a listener. So this is kind of our mailbag section, I guess. We got an email from an individual named Keisha. I apologize if we say your name wrong. Let's start with the first questions that she had. Is there any online school or website where I could study design, composition, typography, or even some basic art history? Something like Linda, but treating more, teaching more about design itself rather than about using tools. Something that would teach me to learn good from bad, but would also teach me to recognize the different schools and sharpen my eye. Maybe some online school or college you could recommend. There is nothing in a place I live. First of all, I think that you can do, there's a lot of online colleges that you can do some educate, you can get some education from. The first one that comes to my mind that I've heard that a lot of trainers, like professional Adobe trainers have gone to school through that is the Art Institute. And they do a lot of online programs. With that, also check in your local college, community college about certain classes but if there's nothing nearby i would definitely say the art institute because i know that it's highly ranked (laughs) yeah it's it's very prestigious another one that we hear a lot about in the u.s is uh full sail university yeah out of florida i think and this is just from what i've noticed it it tends to be more of a game design school that's how they kind of push it. And I think the reason that it is is because gaming and game design is huge right now. Um, but also they do a lot of film production, audio. They do everything on the production side. Production meaning audio, video, games, graphic design, photography. So it's everything creative. Let's call it like that. Yeah. And they, they definitely have graphic design degrees. And they do teach the type of stuff that she's looking for. Um, so then there's something really nice um, also that you, you, you have a lot of um, online resources. And one of our favorite um, networks for that is Envato. Envato, or how would you say it in English? Envato. Envato, uh, yeah. I mean, that <laughs> sounds right to me. Just sounds better when you say it, though. <laughs> so um, Envato has a very nice article set that, that's called Teach Yourself Graphic Design. We'll go to link it on the show notes. And it's a very thorough article that it, it was posted maybe under a month ago. Yeah, I was actually impressed with this. I mean, it's got everything from principles and theory to working with type, historical or history, art history. It's a very thorough article and got some really good links to other articles that relate to what they're talking about. So I was actually, I was really impressed with this. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually going to go through this and read, hopefully, all these articles. Kind of try to teach myself some other things as well. Yeah, and, and they cover from efficiency to, like you said, graphic design, history, real-world applications, to, like development. And they, they do a very good article um, all around of every resource that you can find online up to building up your portfolio, which... Uh, 
online communities you need to join. So yeah, we'll definitely link that to the uh, on the show notes. Another one that I was actually surprised by, but I guess it kind of makes sense, but the BBC has a really good site that basically deals with a lot more art history things. And I think that's an area that people who don't go and take classes tend to not really have a lot of uh, exposure to that. And I, I, for one, feel that way. I mean, I'm a self-taught designer. I didn't really get into any art history. I wasn't into art when I was in high school. And when I went to college, I went to college for something completely different than graphic design. So the history I learned was regular world history, U.S. history, not really art history. So I actually found the BBC site really interesting, and there's some really good stuff in there. There's stuff that's geared towards kids, but it's still information that's pretty cool to read. So I'll link to that as well in the show notes, and I think that's the kind of stuff that I think she's looking for. Yeah, I think that with those resources, and all, and one thing that we can do is that we'll be feeding on like within the comments of this podcast post links that we will find down the road. So we, um, so Keisha has an updated information. The other thing is, as we get more information, we'll post it. But our listeners, please, if you've got resources that you think would help her, post them. I think if we get enough, and I'm sure eventually we'll have a good list, we'll actually make a separate page for it that will have all the links very easy to find and very easy to, to look through. But definitely, if our listeners have other places that they visit that they've learned art history at, they've learned composition, things like that, please share them because we definitely want to have that information out there for somebody like her. Let's go on to the second question that she sent us. Do you think it is actually possible to teach myself designing without attending classes and without live contact with tutors? I would like to be competent and professional. Things that I've created so far are getting better, and there seems to be a learning progress. Surely my first creations were hideous, but now I can see and tell why. Is putting my work online places like DigiArt making any sense? Do you think online communities are competent enough to teach me with comments? Again, requests for such places, forums, groups, where I could find constructive criticism would be good. Um, I think that online communities are a great resource for rookies and people who are trying to expand their knowledge. Um, for example, one of the first podcasts that I ever listened to was, besides Rookie, was Tips from the Top Floor. I don't hang out <laughs> anymore at the forums because right now I'm, I have to say that I'm a little bit... Um, tied on time, but I found that the people that are still on the forums are really good on giving you feedback, pointing you to the right direction. So I do believe that online communities are really important. Don't be afraid putting your stuff out there. On the design part, I would personally recommend Behance. It's a site that it's really friendly for portfolio criticisms and that kind of thing. Also, something that I read recently was that LinkedIn did something with the uh, profiles for students. I'm going to find out more about that and I'll, I'll write it up on the show notes. Honestly, I think it's not necessary that you have somebody face-to-face -to, -face to teach you. Every once in a while, it's good. But I think that you can do a lot of things from home. What do you think, Jake? 
Yeah, I think it's important to remember, though, that it is possible to have a mentor or tutor that is online. I mean, a lot of young designers should be out there looking and talking to other designers, and you can find somebody that will take you under their wing and kind of teach you what they've already learned. The online community is really good at that and really good at giving positive feedback. Now, you have to be aware that you are going to see people give you negative feedback. You have to be able to take that, and you have to be able to take that criticism and learn from it. Now, we all know there's the people out there that we call trolls that purposely try to start fights, start try to, to basically berate you and stuff like that. You got to learn to ignore them. You got to focus on the people that are giving you good criticism. One question. Um, honestly, I thought that trolls were just people like hanging around and taking up space or something like that. I didn't know that, that that was what actually they did, like start fights or or confrontations. Yeah, that that's when I uh, was mediating over on graphic design forum years ago. They used to be a huge problem, and a lot of times it's just young kids acting up and being, being more than sarcastic, being rude. I mean, I don't think we ran into it as much on the rookie designer forums as we did at, at what we call GDS. But yeah, that's basically the, the definition of a troll was somebody who came in and purposely tried to derail the comments or start a fight or purposely pick on somebody that wasn't really giving any constructive criticism to what was going on or any constructive comments. Because it doesn't necessarily have to just be about a portfolio piece or anything. They come into conversations that were fairly calm and just every day, how you doing, what's going on, and they just try to be disruptive. So Keisha, I would say avoid those kind of people and don't get ticked off. A lot of things that you said right now, Jake, is it's something that it will help her in her professional life in the future. And taking the negative comments. That is something that everybody struggles with. Come on, it's not really good that some somebody says, yeah, I don't like your design that much. You're like, oh, my heart just sunk. So the thing is that you need to learn how to get those negatives and turn them into positives because down the line, you're going to bump into clients that are not going to love what you do. And you, you will need to learn how to make those negatives into something that the client will like. So I really believe that something really good that you said right now, Jake, is that she needs to learn how to take the negative criticism. And at the same time, she also needs to say what she thinks about other people's designs because it's a give and take situation here. I also I want to point out something too with what she said. Don't be so critical of yourself either. I mean, you, you may see yourself growing as a designer, but don't look back at that stuff and feel like it wasn't the best you could do. The whole point is that you're growing as a designer and you will continue to grow as a designer. And yeah, you're going to like some of the stuff you do, some of the stuff you're going to look back years and say, you know what, that wasn't the best I did. But don't be negative on yourself about it. Don't feel bad about it. I mean, it's, it's all part of the growing process as a designer. Because she says that she can see why the designs are not that good. It's really, it's really good because she is starting to see instead of going this way, she should have gone the other way. So it, it's really good that she's starting to focus on, on some things that she can do better. But what you have to always, always try to do is create the best at your capacity, the best piece, the best design, because that way you'll know that you'll be giving it all, all the time. And you know that it's going to be the best work you could have done with that set of skills that you had a year ago, four years ago, five years ago. And then down the line, you're going to say, yeah, 
I know I can do better now. But back then, that was the best I could do because I know I gave it my all. And there's some things that you're you're going to love no matter how old the pieces are. Trust us on this. <laughs> Definitely. Two forums that I think you can avoid seeing trolls on or you won't see trolls on are how design forums and the Adobe forums. Both of those forums are extremely professional. They're um, well contained. They're well taken care of. And I think you'll find the most ability to learn there. I think you can also look at Facebook groups. There's a lot of information that you can get out of those groups. Obviously, you're going to have to weed through the number of them that are there that aren't really anything good. But look for, again, Adobe. Look for graphic design. Look for specific topics. And I think you'll find some really good groups. I think on a more professional side, I think LinkedIn groups are very good. And they definitely rank up their next at the how design forms and the adobe forms because people use linkedin for professionals they don't use it just as everyday forms so that's another good place to look um you had mentioned behance there's deviantart which is a little bit more amateur but there are a lot of good designers on there there are awesome designers out there and awesome photographers and people who do a lot of fantasy edits to photographs and 3d renderings like there's a completely different new world of design and uh, divine art. So if you want to just maybe grab a little bit of inspiration of the amazing work of a lot of designers and upcoming designers, browse around. I think some other things you, you should definitely look at are attending live conferences. Like if you listen to, I don't think it was our last one, I think it was the one before that, we just gotten back from PepCon, the uh, print new publishing conference. We met a ton of great designers there made a lot of great connections that we still now keep in touch with on a regular basis. Live conferences are a great way to learn, they're a great way to network, and they're a great way to build friendships. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, and there also are a great way to empower you. Um, some like Honestly, there's some times that you just go like, oh, I don't know if I'm cut up for this, or I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And when you attend a meeting like that, and or maybe just a, oh, there's also local InDesign user groups, or not just InDesign, but Adobe user groups. Look for the ones near your area. There usually are like between Photoshop and Design Acrobat. And if you can go to one of the meetings and you'll find how much positive energy you'll get from the, uh, the meeting itself, that will inspire you to do more. Because Jake and I both felt like that when we came back from PepCon. The other thing I can recommend is read, read, and read more. Whether it's reading online articles, whether it's subscribing to magazines, or whether it's reading books that are out there on design and marketing and advertising. The more you absorb, the better designer you'll be. I think that's good for question number two. How about we go on to her third question? Okay, go ahead. Her question is, it takes me a while when I'm working on a layout to see mistakes and correct them. Sometimes I put it away for a few days and when I look at it with fresh eyes, I can tell what works and what's not. Is it a common thing for designers? Does working for a company allow for such quote-unquote slow work? I would like to be proud of my work and I wonder if I will be forced into a fast-paced production with a regular job. I'm going to take the lead on this because I've actually worked in a print shop, which is a very driven and very date-driven, deadline-driven type of job. It is tough for a designer to be in that kind of environment if they are used to doing that, where they're used to putting it away for a little while and then looking at it with fresh eyes. However, the good thing about working in 
an environment like that is normally it's a team. So you might not be able to put it away, but you might be able to hand it off. You might be able to hand it off to somebody else and say, hey, look at this. Tell me what you think. Do you see anything I could work on? And you go work on something else for a little while. They come back and give you pointers. They give you ideas. And obviously that, that's the idea of an art director. So you have that feedback there. So it doesn't necessarily have to depend just on you. But it can be tough in a deadline-driven environment if you're used to doing that. But you can adjust. I mean, I, I had to adjust. Now, now that I've stepped away from the print shop, I'm kind of back into being able to put something away and come back to it. But I, I bounce a lot of stuff off you, of course, and send you my stuff and say, hey, you know, I, I'm feeling kind of burnt out on it. Can you take a look at it and throw some ideas at me? And having that back and forth helps kind of keep that delay from happening. Yeah, and another thing, if you are a one-person company or a one that's me on like honestly I'm the only designer photographer at the office because the office is me so um yeah I do, I do bounce some things back and forth with Jake like he does with me but sometimes maybe he's out of the office for the day or out of the house for the day and we and I can't bounce stuff to him so what do I do that's when Jake said you would just turn and do something else for a little while maybe I don't know what I do is like I get up get coffee or put dishes away I don't know like do something else <laughs> for a little bit something that will take you away from the computer maybe not two days at a time but just like 30 minutes 15 minutes 10 minutes something that will just let you like get your act together and redo it again for example there was one thing that i did oh it was maybe like two months ago i was working on photoshop something happened i can't remember if it was photoshop or inside something happened i lost the file i was upset and i tweeted about it and somebody said just step away from the laptop go make yourself some coffee and i just laughed but i'm like yeah i'm totally going to do that because if i start working again right now on the same project that i have to deliver final design proposal within the next two hours i'm i'm just burned I, I won't be able to do it so i just got up i made myself some coffee i had a snack and then i came back and since i already had it pretty much done it almost all the way through once it was much a much faster pace for me to redo it sometimes just stepping away from 10-15 minutes helps a lot so it's it's a common thing for designers to, for, to just step away a little bit for from the job if you have allowing deadline you can just leave it off for a few days and then pick it up pick it back up but if not just 10 15 minutes will do the trick just make sure that you do complete something that's completely non-related to the work that you're doing and you'll get better at it as time goes on the more experience you have as designer the more you'll be able to tell when that's coming you'll be able to tell when that that frustration starts and the other thing is I, I've read a lot about um, work environment and how long you work and stuff like that. And a lot of people recommend that you don't work over, I think it's 15, 20 minutes at a time. And what that means is you do something for 20 minutes, you get up for five and you do something else, whether it's go for a walk for a few minutes or it's go get, like you said, coffee or a snack or something like that. And then you come back and work for 20 minutes. And a lot of times what that does is that breaks it up before you get to that frustration. So that's something you may want to look at. Now, again, what you were asking about being in a corporate or work environment that is deadline driven, that can be tough. But I'll be honest with you, I've done it. When I was working for the print shop, I used to do that. I used to get up, go get a drink, come back, start working again. And it helps. And I think that's the thing is learning how to make it so that maybe it's not hours that you're putting it away or days that you're putting it away 
but maybe it's only a few minutes. And you'll train yourself and you'll get better at that as you work more as a designer. So that's her questions and I want to say I really appreciate her sending those in and in summary I want to let her know that I truly believe that you can be a self-taught designer and you can be successful as a self-taught designer we're both self-taught we're both very proud of that and we know there's people out there that have gone to school and we appreciate that and they have every reason to be proud of that as well but we want to let you know from our standpoint we can, we believe you can be successful as a self-taught designer it's learning how to balance these things and your questions were great and I hope we gave you some answers that'll help. And I hope that you'll check back on the post and see some of the links that we have for you. And if you have any other questions, please send them in. And that goes for the rest of our listeners as well. If you've got questions that you want us to answer, you've got topics you want us to talk about, please send them in. We definitely want to hear from you, and we definitely want to try to answer some of those questions. That's what we're here for. We're trying to help you guys out, and we're trying to educate ourselves in the process. There's one last thing that Kitty and I wanted to basically put out there with you guys. We've had a couple of requests about the forums that Adam used to have for Rookie Designer. And actually that's where Kitty and I met and we used to hang out there quite a bit. Part of the reason we didn't bring back the forums was because they had obviously died off. But we obviously see a need for more discussions and we'd like to have more discussions. And one of the things we're thinking about is bringing a discussion group to Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And we're thinking if the discussions were there, it would be a little bit easier for you guys to find. And we post all the information that we post on our blog, on Facebook as well. And it would give you a way to see that information and possibly have discussions. If this is something you're interested in and you think we ought to bring it back or bring it into Facebook as we're talking about, definitely let us know. Put a, put a note in the comments for us. Let us know it's something you're interested in. And if we get enough people interested in it, we'll definitely bring it back. We want to do something for you guys to help the discussion grow, to kind of continue the podcast, continue the blog, and grow a community. We had it once before with Rookie, and it was pretty good size. And we'd like to build that back up again. So let us know. Leave us a comment. I think that about wraps it up for episode 129 of Rookie Designer. And we just want to say thank you for joining us. And if you have any reason to get in touch with us, you can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. You can find us on Facebook at Rookie Designer. You can also find us on Twitter at Rookie Designer. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Everyone's a rookie before they're an awesome.